Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. Everybody, welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I am your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Jason Trexler on with us. Jason, how are you, man? Good. How are you guys doing? Super, super good. We got really, really weird weather here in California. It's been like foggy and misty for the last like two weeks, which is really irritating, but hey, it's all good. I live next to the beach, so I can't complain. Dude, where are you from? You're in Florida, right? Yeah, I'm in Florida. I'm over in Cocoa Beach. Okay. For everyone else that may not really know where Cocoa Beach is, it's where NASA, the shuttles used to go up, and now we have a huge space program with SpaceX and all that over in Cape Canaveral, Port Canaveral area. Sick. How is it living over there? It's great. I ain't, I'm not complaining. I've been uh, several places with the military and, and traveling and, and, and whatnot, and this is where I call home. Or it's where I came back to. So you were in the military? Yeah, give me a little overview on, on what you do, where you're from originally, and uh, obviously what you're doing now. Yeah, so I guess to start off with, I joined the, the Coast Guard back in the year 2000. Uh, just recently retired about three years ago. Um, had a little landscape company on the way out, trying to figure out exactly what I want to do out of the military. Um, and, uh, you know, one day we stormed in down and vacation in the Keys after doing landscaping for several years. Uh, um, you know, both on the tail end of my retirement there and kind of coming out of the Coast Guard. And I voiced my frustrations basically on, uh, you know, employees, trucks, headaches. I mean, you can imagine it's landscaping, right? Out in the heat and all that. Um, so yeah, my family and I got to talking and, and, and they basically just supported me in the idea of maybe, uh, starting to chart, uh, fishing charter. So that's what we did. And, um, you know, we came up with a couple of drafts of the logos. I say a couple is probably 150. Uh, <laughs> but at that point, my kids finally said, Hey dad, that's it, man. We want to go with that. You should do it. We'll totally support you. And to have the family support behind me, is just, you know, uh, it's great because it's definitely a scary thing to step out in the in the captain's world not knowing what you're in for. <laughs> so, did you grow up fishing then? I did. I did. Um, actually, my, I learned a lot from my grandfather to begin with, um, and you know he was an outboard mechanic, ran um, uh, or actually worked a lot in the shipyards as well over in, up in North Carolina, um, and. We were there all the time, whether we were there or, or over in Myrtle Beach, where I actually grew up in South Carolina. We're always on boats. Um, so we're either fishing or enjoying ourselves out on the water some other way. It's rad because it's so hand in hand, like going to the Coast Guard, you're on a boat, you know, like going and being a captain and, and chartering fishing fishing trips and stuff. It just works, right? Like, I feel like that's just so good. And especially for you, somebody like you, Jason, that knows like the safety behind it and how to treat people and how to make sure that you're having a really fun trip with safety as your priority. So that's really rad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you'd be surprised if someone could just be in my mind for five minutes on the water. I'm sure other captains can attest to that, but I mean, your mind is nonstop. You're think constantly thinking about uh, how to get them on the fish the best way, what weather's coming at us right now, what weather it will be, um, you know, and obviously safety on the boat at, at, at all times. So. It, it can be a little stressful, but hey, you know, the payoff is is great. So you recently just did a charter with, with the team, right? Salt Life team? Yes, I did. We went out just the other day and um, 
you know, we had a fantastic time. Had both of the, I think we had uh, Tatiana and, and uh, her associate Matt came out. They did some filming, got some good photographs. We're still editing some of it, but we'll get it out there. But to start off with, we, we usually catch live bait in the morning. So that's how we started. Got just offshore there and the bait was kind of scattered. Uh, so it's a little hard to get on right at first, but they were patient. So where we finally did get on some good live bait, um, stacked it in the cooler and, uh, or in the live well, I mean, and then we took off and, um, and we had a great day fishing. That's so rad. I love that because everybody that's a part of the salt life team always like just does stuff together. It's just a big family. So it's so fun to me, like listening and knowing like what everybody's doing how did that come about so where did they just text you and were like hey well, let's go fishing and then you guys were like let's do it yeah well uh so a, a little while back you know salt life had reached out to me um i can't remember now if it was really over the phone or an email um but at, at that point it was maybe over a year ago or something like that and they reached out and, and wanted to um you know get with me on on either talking about some of the fishing stuff i do or you know, some kind of sponsorship programs going on. I'll be honest, I get a lot of calls almost every other day. And, and you know, the, a lot of them are scams or, or whatnot, you know, potential spam, all that stuff. Um, so I did, I said, hey, you know what, just send me an email. I'll read it later. <laughs> uh, not not knowing, um, you know, that it really was on life. So uh, when I uh, when I got back to them and realized it really was them, I, you know, I was surprised, number one, but I was also happy. And, uh, and we started working together here and there, talking over the phone, via email, stuff and like that, stuff like that, to try to figure out how we could work together. Um, a part of that was they agreed to help me get a boat wrap on the boat with their logo and a couple other sponsors shipped in. And man, it's fantastic. In fact, wraps on right, put it on. They worked with Salt Life hand in hand and myself uh, to get it right. And, and get it on the boat, and man, it looks good. I, I, I actually get charters just because they're at. No way. Oh, yeah. Dude, People that's are complimenting it all the time, and, um, you know, they see it online or whatever, but it's it's the rat right now. <laughs> I love that, dude. I, it's so fun. It's so fun. Like, the whole, you know, dynamic and aspect of Salt Life and just being a big family and, and incorporating everybody around the world into the family and, and going and doing activities together is so big. So, by them reaching out to you and being able to do this trip. I mean, that's so much fun. Where did you guys go out of? Where'd you guys fish? So we fished out of Cougar Beach. We left right there from Port Canaveral at the boat ramp. I do stay on the trailer at this point because I do move a lot. Like I'll do stuff in the river. I'll go down Sebastian. So I like to stay on the move. But we left out of Cocoa Beach, the Port Canaveral area, Jetty Park, if anybody's familiar with that. Basically, right where the shuttles go off, just south of that is the inlet. And you said you trailer your boat, so you're probably just back and forth right there, five minutes away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the the advantage of being able to trailer in, in our port specifically is I'm right at the end of the jetty already, so I don't have to spend time coming 30 minutes from from the west in the port uh, at all these other marinas and obviously dealing with all the traffic, cruise traffic, all that stuff, because we are one of the busiest ports uh, around at this point, uh, especially for cruise ships and all that. So, you know, it didn't work easier. Was the trip just a one-day trip? It was a one-day trip. Uh, we set out to do a full day, but I think they got a little worn out. <laughs> they had about a three-quarter day 
uh, we were all ready to go back. They had been pulling on fish for hours. So that's good. It happens sometimes. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a yeah, good thing exactly to have to go back in for that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes it's fishing. You know, sometimes it's great fishing, mediocre, maybe not so good. Um, and obviously, when we're we're arranging something like this, and we have everybody coming on the boat, gets a little nerve wracking as to whether the fish are gonna want to bite or not. Um, but we didn't have any problems. As soon as we got on scene, um, actually on a reef, we started out on a reef drifting some live bait. And we had a bite within five minutes. And then I, knew, I knew that we were going to have a good day. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we started bringing in some some really big king mackerel. Uh, the first one was an average size. But then after that, uh, we got photos and videos and footage of it. Um, but they were, you know, 30-pound-plus king mackerels. And uh, once we got a few of those in the boat, uh, we wanted to go do something a little different. So we headed out further off the reef. Uh, and about 120 feet. Oh, actually, back up. I, I did set a, a point there. I did put a destination in the chart water where we would end up uh, fishing on the bottom. And we we're headed that way. But a lot of times, you know, when you're headed to a destination, you know, something else comes up. You're always looking for rips, currents, weeds, birds, anything, any kind of sign of life um, that you think you, you might want to stop on uh and just check it out so that's what we did saw a nice uh current edge we stopped at drifted a couple baits and within probably two to five minutes we had a nice 30 uh 30 pound blackfin tuna are you kidding on the line yeah matt was pulling that one in we got that on video uh we definitely got the photos for it um but he put up one heck of a fight on that fish and got him in the boat he was excited not only that I think, yeah, yeah, it's definitely in the video where we had just put the tuna on the deck and I walked up front to throw out some more live bait uh, just to check to see if there was any more tuna around. And right then a nice uh, Mahi Mahi came up and ate that bait. Dude. And so I'm I'm fighting him as we're dealing with the tuna in the back. And finally, <laughs> Matt, Matt's able to come up and grab the rod for me. And so he's fighting Mahi just two seconds after he's fighting Blackfin tuna. Oh, and, my. Oh, yeah. We got that one in the boat too, and we got some footage on it. Um, so that was chaotic there for a few minutes, but it was great. How far out were you guys fishing? How many miles? Uh, we were about that point. We were about twenty-five miles out. Wow. We start. We started at about the twenty-mile mark. So, in regards to you guys getting bait fish in the morning, what what's that process like on the East Coast over there? For us, we like to use pogies. And what are pogies? Okay, so pogies are uh, a bait about yay big. Some of them are bigger. We call them turbos when we get them bigger. Uh, but they, they're basically filter feeders. Um, so to keep them overnight is, is kind of difficult uh, to keep them healthy overnight. They need a big area. They, you know, obviously they're, they're filter feeders in, in the ocean. So they're, they're not going to, you know, eat fish food that you try to keep, you know, to, to keep them full overnight. It's not going to work. But, um, so what we do is we go when we throw our cast nets in the morning, we're looking for birds diving we're looking for flips on the water. Uh, a lot of times if you're not the first one out there, somebody's already on the bait. So that's, that helps you out a lot. I try to be the first out there uh, just because when everybody starts throwing, they get scattered. But um, <clears throat> once we, once we spot them, we throw our 14 foot cast net and get them in the boat and then we, we take off. 
when you do a cast like that, like that morning that you guys went fishing, how many bait fish are you getting? Are you getting like a full bait, like your whole live wells filled off of one cast? Well, that's the object. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it yeah. doesn't always work out that way. But you can find out through, you know, later May into the fall, they're more prevalent. Uh, they're more around. So you can do what we call as one and done, um, you know, throwing that net and just getting a whole bunch of bait. Uh, a lot of times to the point where you're not even going to use all that bait. So either you're putting some back or, you know, what I like to do is call some of my buddies over there are charters or if there's none of them around, which there usually is, but if there's not, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, um, a recreational boater that's around or something, I'll, I'll help them out. I'll hook them up. Uh, so yeah, cause you know, paying it forward. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. So that day that you guys went out with salt life, what species were you guys primarily targeting or did you have it in your back of your mind on what you wanted to catch? Well, we had, we did have a rough couple of days fishing before because of weather. Uh, so I'll be honest, if anything was going to bite, I was going to be happy. Um, but I knew that we probably needed to start somewhere on the reef just so we could get a good idea if we were going to have a bite that day. Uh, typically, if you're on the reefs or exit at, at first um, and you're getting that bite, you, you're probably going to have a bright, bite almost anywhere else you go in our area. That's crazy. It's just a live, live ecosystem over there. It amazes me because around here, like when I go fishing, we're paddy hopping, right? So I'm looking for yellowtail, mahi-mahi and stuff under the paddies. And then you start seeing tuna like blowing up and foaming and stuff. But they're so scattered. You can have like a good area where there's a lot of fish, but it's so scattered around. Like, and some of those fish aren't biting at all. Like you see them, but they're not biting. So you bring up a good point. I mean, um, just about two days ago, we were out there and we were paddy hopping as well. Uh, we come across an, a, a nice paddy and we're sitting there for a solid five, 10 minutes. We're just not getting anything. And, um, you know, I'm chunking it up, trying to bring something up. And all of a sudden we just got hit with a 35 inch cobia. And yeah, so we fought him for a little while. He just came out of the weeds out of nowhere. We fought him as a great fish, made a great photo. Obviously, they got to be 36 to keep right now because they changed the rules. But hey, it makes a good photo and the clients are happy. I'm good with that. Uh, but and also with that, we had uh, to bring to, to drive home your point a little bit more about him not wanting to eat. We we came up, uh, across also a nice school mahi. Um, and we tried everything. We got one of them out of there and it was a nice size cow, um, which would be the female version of the Mai Mai. And we got, we got that one in the boat, but the other ones just weren't going to eat, you know, it just happens sometimes. And then other times you can't keep up without faster eating and yeah. you run out of room in the fish box. <laughs> <laughs> so in regards to that tuna that they caught, how, how long was that reel in? Oh man, if I remember it was probably a good 10, 15 minutes. And that's, that's a solid fight, you know, because that 10, 15 minutes to the angler feels a lot longer <laughs> at the time. So it was literally back to back, tuna, mahi, mahi, right back to back. Right back to back. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. It, How big was that mahi? Uh, that mahi, I want to say he was, he was about 36 somewhere. He's, he was my tape. So he's about 36 inches. You know, it wasn't a monster, it wasn't a small one, average, but we'll take it. <laughs> Where else did you guys go around and what other fish did you catch? 
Well, we we uh, we did hop on some wrecks and try to get a few up past the sharks, but the deeper we went, the more sharks there were that day. Yeah. Uh, so we did get cut off a lot on that. Um, if I remember correctly, we did get a couple of huge red snapper. Uh, those are obviously present uh, in our area right now. But um, yeah, so I mean, but after that, we were pretty much taxed out. You said you were getting king mackerel? Yeah. How are those things? I've never caught those. During that day, Was were they fighting good or? Definitely fighting good. And as you'll be able to see in, the, in one of the videos that we got, um, Matt was pulling on it for, for quite a while. I actually had to drive backwards on a few of them, which I don't have to usually no do way. for King Mackerel. Yeah, I mean, we, we did think, um, I think we even quoted in there at one point, we thought we had a Wahoo on, uh, that it was so big and, and putting up such a fight and then pulling so much drag. Um, but it ended up being a, just a bigger King Mackerel, which we're fine with. How big were those guys getting over there? The Kings? Oh, yeah. We're, I mean, we can, on a, on any given day, we can pull in 30 to 50 pound Kings. Jeez. And those are super, super good, like sashimi grade fish, right? Well, maybe not so much sashimi for, for the King mackerel. The cereal mackerel are, uh, but the Kingfish, we typically recommend either staking them out and then grilling them, you know, some blackening butter. Uh, a lot of people like to put a sweet and spicy glaze on them on top of the better rice. Or when we fillet them, you can cook them that same way and, you, and eat them in tacos and everything else. Uh, we also do uh, smoked fish dip with them. What we, what we recommend is we have several restaurants here in the port. Uh, what we recommend to our clients is they take it there afterwards and really enjoy the taste of what a king mackerel can be because they know how to cook it here. King mackerel out of our port is a staple. Um, and a lot of people don't realize how good it actually can taste if you have the right person cooking it. After you guys' little excursion, did you guys cook the fish up or? Uh, we didn't. Uh, I sent some home with them. And then, uh, you know, my wife also owns a business. This is actually her beautiful office right now. But uh, she has a lot of workers. So during this trip and a lot of other trips, I mean, I have a lot of leftover fish sometimes. People don't really realize once we get back to the dock, hey, this is more fish than we thought, and we have to leave in a few days. Do you want to take some home? So naturally, yeah, I'm going to take it. <laughs> I'd rather eat steak, just to be honest. But there's a lot of people my wife has for employees and just, you know, friends and family in general. They're they're all looking to, to get some fish back from when I come back. So that's never a problem. What's your favorite part of owning a charter business now? You know what? Being in the military for like 20 years, just having the freedom. You know, my own schedule, so to speak, you know, obviously I get bookings and all that. But, you know, when I need to mark off a few days, that's my decision. Um, and then obviously being out on the water, uh, I, I, there's nothing better for me than to see someone new or someone that just enjoys fishing, period, hook up, you know, when it's the facial expressions, it's, it's the camaraderie. Um, I mean, you can't beat it anywhere else as far as I'm concerned. And, 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 and when, and when you get kids out there as well, I, you know, I have three kids myself and those kids light up when they, you know, you put somebody on a mine the first time, they, they don't realize uh, until they're actually there, how bright these fish are on the water and how 
an acrobatic fight they put up. Um, and then when I can see that happiness going on on the boat, there's, there's nothing better. Absolutely not. That's so true. You know, and it's, it's awesome. Like, so I dive, I love spearfishing and like going and diving with Mahi and yellowtail and seeing tuna go by you and stuff. The colors, these fish portray in the water are so insane. When you pull them out of the water, it's like, you're not really getting that great sight of the fish, you know? So seeing those fish in the water rolling and, and coming close to the boat and just the facial expressions that people have, it's unreal, right? It's so oh, cool. It's time and time again, when we're out there, I say, I'm saying constantly when we're, when we're fishing and we're waiting for that bite or, you know, I'm doing tackle or whatever I'm doing, uh, you know, you guys keep your eyes out around the boat because you never know when a fish is going to swim up. And, and you guys looking to get some mahi, um, you know, and a lot of times I either have my Salt Lake shirt on or uh, my Dirty Dolly shirt on and the logo's on my boat. And, and I'll tell them, this is what mahi looks like. And this, you know, we're going for my mascot today. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, they're really that color? And I'm like, yeah, yeah you'll, you'll see. And then when they see it, like you said, you see their eyes light up and you're like, wow, you know, there's, there's nothing better. Beautiful fish. You have any fishing trips coming up? I do. Um, we actually had one set up for tomorrow, but unfortunately the weather's not going to let us do it. So we had to push that one. We're hoping Saturday's trip's going to work out. Uh, we do have a little front coming through. There's a little bit of rain here and there. The seas are, you know, above six foot, about you know, 20 miles out. So we're going to wait a little bit, but uh, next week's looking a lot better and we got a lot of trips lined up. I'm pretty much booked all week. And, uh, and a little bit after that, um, you know, as soon as these these uh, the families get out of school and they're done with graduation and all that stuff this week, the 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 history has been the phone's just going to be off the hook. So that's perfect. We're ready that's for what it. you want. Yes. <laughs> Jason, do you have social media people can follow your adventures on or book through you? Well, we do keep up with uh, daily is Instagram, and obviously that ties in with Facebook. So if you're looking to see what we're doing every day. That's the place to go. And it's uh, at Dirty Dolly Charters. You'll find us on Instagram uh, and or Facebook. And hit us up on there and message us. Um, if, if you're looking for a trip, you can also call our number, 321-848-2158. Uh, but more simply, you can go online and follow our link in our bio on Instagram. And uh, you can book a trip instantly online and see what all available dates are. And the, uh, our website will answer all your questions. We got an FAQ page. Um, so if, if you're indecisive, you'll be able to make a decision just by going to our site. Dang, man. Well, I'm super jealous that I wasn't there for that trip. Salt Life's getting, uh, getting the We're best. We're going to get you next time. We got to. <laughs> it's so funny. I always get so jealous. I'm like, oh, you guys are going on another fishing trip. Oh, you guys are doing this, doing that. Like, obviously, I can't be everywhere at the same time. I got the fear of missing out, though. I love I love the Salt Life fam and I love what they do. So it's fun to, to hear about these adventures. It sounds like it was a good time. It definitely was. And I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing this now. It's, it's so cool just to get you guys out there to see what we do every day. And that way it helps us get, get out there a little bit more. And, and so people can, you know, people can't always come have the experience, whether it's, you know, uh, something going on in life or whatever it is that they just can't get on the boat with us. That's fine. At least this way with you guys coming out doing some filming and, and us doing filming on, on the daily, um, we can get it out there and they can experience it with us right here online.
you know? Totally. Yeah. No, it's super fun. The podcasts are rad. What Salt Life's doing with with charters and captains and stuff, it's it's so fun because it's bringing everybody even closer. And we get to talk about it, right? Like you have those charters that you go on and you're catching uh, tuna and mahi and kingfish and everything. And then you have those charters that you go on and you're catching marlin and stuff. And you're like, dude, I want to go talk to everybody about this stuff. Like I love fishing. I love fishing. I'm not the best fisher, but it's not my job. I surf professionally, but I love to fish and I love to dive and I love to talk about this and experiences that Salt Life puts us through. So thank you, Salt Life. And thank you guys for always supporting us. It's insane. Heck yeah. And, you know, it's different every day you're out there. Some days we're catching selfish. Some days we're catching grouper. Uh, You know, it just depends. It's fishing, you know. So every day is different and that's what makes it great. Rad, Jason. Well, thanks for coming on and thanks for everybody listening in. We'll catch you next time on Above and Below. All right. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.